but what about the rock no that idiot the rock's a good dude the rock makes every movie about him it's because everything is about him have you he's the people's he's a champion he's of the people's people. champion yeah no the people's champion he is a champion of the people of the people's champion exactly he's loved by the millions and millions of the rocks fans around the world him only wait, one person wait 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 wait, wait, wait. i'm sorry like bitch i'm sorry did you say the rock or kid rock there's a difference well yeah the rock has talent well, isn't Kid Rock? Isn't the Kid Rock just like the, oh the movie my God. about Baby oh Rock? Oh my God! I have pissed off so many people, and I haven't even known about it. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. Twenty years I've been pissing off people. Oh my God! Right, the one doesn't have hair. Ah. So you're saying Kid Rock wears a wig? Could I wonder if it's I wonder if the goatee is glued on. Do you think when Kid Rock grows up, he'll be the rock? I think it's like Pokemon. Or would he become the boulder? No, if he's a Kid Rock first, then he's the I rock. I think it's then like Pokemon, right? So like it's Kid Rock and then maybe the you rock. But where does Rocky Maivia? That would be like that's the that's the digi that's the that's his digi evolution, his digi evolution. Is nobody watched Digimon? Leave that crap alone. Come on now. But speaking of rocks, I really like gold Bob rock uh, and platinum, which alludes to the artists we're going to discuss. So, gentlemen, let's parlay. Parlay! We still don't have that domain. And if you keep mentioning it, somebody could buy that domain. <laughs> Please don't steal our domain. <laughs> Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. Great day, everybody. Welcome to Parlay Radio. The podcast where we take an objective look at bands and we break down the facts to determine whether or not the criticism that they receive is well-deserved. Gentlemen, introductions all around. Jay Bain and I am the Bull God. I'm John Coleman and I main mid in League of Legends, so please add me. And I'm Devin Hughes and I still don't know what Bawa Daba is. Today, as you probably guessed from our introduction, we're going to talk about geology. Uh, specifically rocks um oh that rocks geography geology is the science of rocks and how the earth moves i thought it was geography i'm so confused now it's an ology archaeology so we can go learn about the mummy that can actually be part of geology we can learn about the mummy and brendan Fraser. he's we a good could. guy we could top 10 actor in uh in hollywood brendan Fraser. i would agree with that I would agree keanu with that still number one for good guy i am gonna go see john wick tomorrow I've just seen the first two John Wicks this weekend for the first time ever. I need to watch the third one and then go and watch the new one. They're they're all mindless fun. So oh yeah, I've seen them all, but uh, besides John Wick four, but I got to get Nicole to watch John Wick two and three before we see four. Yeah, I mean 
as long as you preface that there's no more scenes like the puppy, then I oh think my god, the right. first five minutes of the first movie, yeah, made you're me crying cry like five times. You're crying. <laughs> that I'm sorry, I love you, Keanu, but damn, you made me cry. I mean, That's how good of a guy he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the actual like, you know what, that movie didn't come out too many years ago, so I'm sure the puppy actor is just fine. Better be. Well, it's it. like 20. 2013, 2014, the first film came out. 2014, so dogs, I think, was when it came out. It better so, yeah, be Dog's, out. like, maybe about 10 years old. So I'm sure it's fine. Puppy. I'm sure it's fine. But aside from that, and Keanu being a badass, because he is a total 100% badass. He's an American badass. <laughs> There's only one American badass. And, and that's the Undertaker. Oh, don't you dare <laughs> disgrace this legendary human. <laughs> Oh, God, let me just do this introduction so we can get this over with. I need you to edit in FX right here of the Undertaker gong. Can do. Can just do. add that effect. That's all I need. Him going bong. bong. Robert James Ritchie, professionally known as Kid Rock, or Bobby Shazam, which is how I'm going to refer to him, is an American singer, songwriter, and rapper born in Romero, Michigan. His albums contain elements of rock, hip-hop, country, and metal. Rock's southern spin on his music is what has led him to gear towards country music later in his career, as well as controversial right-wing pandering statements and songs, including but not limited to things we're going to cover later on. Jay, what does Kid Rock mean to you? Trash, garbage music. Horrible pandering to terrible people. Uh, no. John! I'm, I'm, I'm already going into this biased. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. John, your thoughts? When I think of Kid Rock, what I think of is Rascal... Not Rascal Flatts. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. But with like an extra fifty pounds and more trailer trash. Have you seen Kid Rock? He's like a buck ten dripping wet. Uh, he's a got bed. a he's got a beer belly now. So even I mean, then, he still looks like he's a toothpick. I don't know. Billy Ray Cyrus has kind of kept like himself yeah. healthy though. He looks you know? good. So Billy, he, Billy Ray's doing good, man. We're not we're not gonna slam Billy Ray here. Oh, we this love is Billy not a Ray. Billy Ray episode. We, lo- we love Miley, we love Billy Ray, we love all the other Cyrus kids, whatever. Like look at the picture of Kid Rock here. And now uh, tell me that don't look like Billy Ray Cyrus, but like a lot fatter and more trailer trashy. Oh god. You know his his goatee doesn't even connect. It's kinda funny. This looks like he like swoops it in to kind of. Cover is that it up. what Bawa Daba is? Is the missing part of the goatee? Yes, that's what I'm gonna call this bottom okay. part of my beard from now Bawa on. Daba. Bawa Bawa Daba. Daba. Devin, your Bawa Daba is looking great today. Nice and full and thick. Kid Rock to me though was solid beginning, and then just downhill from there. I, you know, I was like everybody else who who enjoyed him whenever he first came out because he came out like. Kind of right next to Eminem, you know. Eminem and Limp Biscuit. Yeah. So, well, Limp Biscuit was a couple of years prior, but like Limp Biscuit's height of their popularity was about the same time. So there's all I these. Really... Yeah, because Limp Biscuit was like ninety six, ninety seven, I think. I really and think then... though a lot of those artists only got big and popular because us millennials were teenagers and we liked swear words and we liked bad things. Yeah. And 
all of these musicians had naughty words in all their songs. Ooh, ooh. And Kid, Kid Rock is number one on it, and it's kind of ridiculous that he got as popular as he did just because he liked to throw naughty words in his song. Yeah, Kid Rock just, like, he started off really good, and I, I, I agree. I think, like, there was this whole rebellious thing with us and just everybody swearing, and that seemed to be the big... I don't know, push for a lot of these bands. We just like cussing. I feel like he just really embraced the Confederate Southern rebel thing and like just went too hard with it. He went too yeah, ham sandwich. That's, that's kind of where that I was, said yeah. the pandering he, right wing. He, he, he took he, his he, ham uh, sandwich a, and just kept feeding the ham sandwich. He took a right turn really quickly. And I, I just want to reference again. He was born in Romero, Michigan. So he doesn't. Where is that? That is just outside of Detroit. It's kind of like rural area but he lived in a 5000 square foot house on six and a half acres of property his his parents were rich and entitled and so was he so this whole good old boy country boy bullshit i just sorry i know we're gonna get to it but just it pisses me off but anyway it's really sad too because if you look at the video for baba to ba it looks like a trailer park fest and he took that whole like persona and was just like, yep, nope, this is me. I'm trailer park boy. And yeah, no. So here's my real question. Is Larry the cable guy the comedy equivalent? Yes, absolutely. But I don't think Larry's controversial. Well, in in the faking of being poor, being southern and this and that, like Yeah, I mean he's from Orlando. Look bad. You know, and Orlando is not country bumpkin. I thought he was from Nebraska. No, he's from Orlando. Or he lives oh, in Orlando. Well. What did you, you say? What did you say? John, are you okay there, buddy? You're a little high there, buddy. You, what, did you, what did you say? I I need to hear it again. So that way my brain can process it officially to make is sure. Is Larry the cable guy the comedy equivalent? The equivalent in, in terms of like what Larry is to comedy, Kid Rock is to music. You mean like blue collar comedy tour guy? I mean like pretending you're a country bumpkin and then pandering to people who are country bumpkins. As a Southerner, I am offended. I I have to agree with you. I I absolutely have to agree with you on that. It is it is one hundred percent the music slash comedy equivalent. They're the I, same guy. Look, They're the I, same guy. Larry has a few good jokes i as somebody who's done stand-up before and written stuff for people for stand-up there's not a whole lot i mean there was one bit on the blue collar tour where he told jeff foxworthy he goes you can use this next joke maybe your next album will go aluminum i i thought that was great like that's a good joke you know but for the most part i i just i can't get into it but anyway I will go ahead, get started with our uh, geology project here and begin with our numbers. So Kid Rock, I just hate that he has these high of numbers. Um, certified 26 million albums sold worldwide. It's an estimated 35 million with EAS streaming numbers. He has 12 studio albums, one live album, two compilations, two EPs, and a total of 41 singles. Why? Why? No. And not YYZ. Just why? 
His highest selling album. This is really what is irritates me. His highest selling album is Devil Without a Cause, which was uh, his first venture into the rap rock sort of genre, uh, which was certified diamond with 11 million sold stateside. He has 21 platinum and five. He's 21 times platinum and five times gold. He's been nominated for three Grammys. He didn't win any. Thank God. Um, he has won American Music Award for Favorite Pop Rock Male Artist. He has two World Music Awards for Best Selling Pop Rock Male Artist and Pop Rock Artist. World Music Awards? World Music Awards. I've never heard of these ones. Well, kind of like how we discussed a little while ago how pretty much anything on radio is considered pop. I think these are held in London, if I'm not mistaken, or a, a European city in general. Um and he was a part of it. Uh, he does have a nomination for a Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award, but he didn't win. Also, thank God. Uh, uh, altogether, he has 30 nominations. And he is the first person that we are covering that is in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's impressive. I like that one. That's a good number. That's a good This stat. is proof that the WWE Hall of Fame is a load of... I'm yes. sorry. Add Christian in, damn it. But in bigger news, the World Music Awards might actually be the most prestigious awards. Yeah. They're hosted by the Prince of Monaco. Yeah, that means... In Monte well, Carlo. That just means there's a lot of money invested. That the the awards are actually solid gold. Like, yeah, that just means the only a lot of money. solid gold ones. That's why Prince, they're the most prestigious. Prince hosts it? No. I thought he was dead. No, the, the the Prince of Monte Carlo. Yeah, Albert, Prince. Albert he's the, the Prince because he's Prince. He's the best. Bruh, bruh. April Fools is over. <laughs> no, bruh. No, bruh. Oh, wait. No, there's some issue here. Okay, so the most awarded art artist from at the World Music Awards is Mariah Carey with 19. So I'm going to rescind everything I just took. And I'm going to take there this. There you go. There you and go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back right. it up. I'm going to back it up and trash. Finishing up numbers. Uh, He is actually a former Warped Tour alumni. He played in 1998. uh, And his first tour, he actually opened for Ice Cube, Too Short, D-Nice, and Yo-Yo in 1990. Uh, Spotify numbers, he has 5,073,000 roughly monthly listeners. Um, his highest streaming song is All Summer Long at 396 million streams. There is something that I will bring up as far as song titles are concerned, and I think we're going to do this as a counter, because I also think this is something that we can allude to as a curse with artists. I have this theory that if you have a song titled Wasting Time, that not only are you petering in your career, but it's on the decline. And he is one of the first that I will count that has a song titled Wasting Time. So That's we're really, going to add a little I, counter and say that everybody that has it is just going downhill. I love that considering I, I think that's a band, good conspiracy. The band Default, their big song was Wasting My Time. Exactly. So. And it was the only <laughs> hit they had. It was an immediate start downward. Yeah. Damn. They're four years strong. Now that's a song called Wasting Time. And it was on their biggest album to date. But after that, a member of the band quit. They actually had a couple years where they didn't really do much. 
because I had to get another, I think it was one of the singers quit, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong about that, so don't judge me on that. But, like, they just petered out. They're still touring and making music and good for them, but they're never going to be that big. Well, speaking of the downward curves, though, one thing, I took a quick peek at some of the numbers. The nice thing about Kid Rock having been successful is it looks like after 2007, his entire career, every album just sells less and less and less. Yes. Uh, the, so eventually the, he'll go away. The following album that he had uh, sold 5 million copies. And from there, I think it was 1 million and then less. Um, I think the last one was like 500,000. So yeah. eventually he'll he'll devolve until he's uh, Baby Pebble. Oh, Pebble. Is Lil Pebble a rapper? Because, I mean, that would complete the Pokemon evolution. Uh, baby Pebble. Not, baby what Pebble, if, Kid Pebble, Adult Rock. I'm sure there is a Kid rapper rock out there named Lil Pebble. actually a Yu-Gi-Oh monster and needs to be morphed like Paul. Man, Mariah's what are you doing with all these ripoffs? You know, like, you know, everything just rips up Pokemon. They even made a card game. They made a cartoon out of a card game into a show. Pokemon doesn't have a plot. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't yes, know. Yes, it does. That, it's it's kids running through the wild, catching wild beasts and nearly dying all the time. I uh, finally did it, though. He won the world tournament. So he's he good. was 12. Recommending left leaving the house. Recommending a YouTube channel, Dorkly and Pokemon Rusty's Quest. I just, there's an entire you can watch the entire thing in one setting. It's like 45 minutes. All the episode about Rusty where he idolizes Red, a.k.a. Ash. And one of the first arguments he has with his mom when he wants to go be a Pokemon trainer, he goes, I'm an adult. I'm 10. I could do what I want. And his dad goes, well, yes, legally, you are an adult. <laughs> so, but yeah, just, I just, I mean, there's not really much else with numbers. Uh, I, I'd noticed that with his streams too, like his most popular songs are a little bit earlier in his career. Well, not early in his career. It's like almost 20 years into it. But yeah, 396 is the highest streaming, and then everything after that is like less than 100 million, and it seems to be going down. So I, I did notice that there is a noticeable trend with a decline with him, and I'm sure we will get to more with that. So I would like to go ahead and prelude into lyrics and music. All right, so for today, we're going to be covering two songs. Uh, the first one is going to be one of his, honestly, one of his more popular hits, uh, Picture, which is featuring Sheryl Crow or Alison Moore. A little bit more on that here in a minute. It was written by Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock, and it was released on the 2001 album Cocky. I'm sorry, Ooh. but if you've got an album named Cocky, you're really trying too hard man come on so there's a couple of really crazy things with this so like i said cheryl crow or allison moore are listed as the featured artist in this billboard even actually credited them both uh rock had to re-record the song at a certain point with country singer allison moore uh atlantic who was uh cheryl crow's label were not giving them the rights to actually release it as a radio single. So what happened was they re-recorded the entire version with Alison Moore to be released throughout. Well, 
apparently a lot of the mainstream rock alternative stations and a handful of country stations ended up playing the original version and not caring that the Allison Moore version was the one that was actually released. So, so because of is, this, though, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is there a reason why Cheryl Crow couldn't record with him? He, she recorded it for the album, but it was never yeah. approved by Atlantic to be released as a single. So that's why they had to get Allison? So two different record yes. companies on... I Okay, I gotcha. I was yeah. gonna say, like, I'm just confused. Like, I thought there was gonna be, like, some sort of thing, like, they had, like, some weird bitter feud about, like, Miller Lite or Bush Light beer or something, you know? That definitely seems like the kind, and honestly, I would... I think Shell Crow is more of a Coors Light girl myself. I... I I'm actually down with that myself. Too, I think so. Coors yeah. Light is playing it safe and that good on it's Sean always Crow. it's always a good one. You know, she I, seems I, like a Coors Light. He's more like I don't know. Keystone. Like a, he's like a Keystone. No, he's he's but he's, he's just straight Budweiser and it's not for the taste. No, it's for no, the no, no. Budweiser is fine wine to him. It has to be Keystone. <laughs> Cheryl Crow Maybe realized like, her worth and value as a eleven. Woman in the middle of it and was like you know what actually i'm gonna say atlantic records you know hey you know get me out of here okay she realized her worth and left town she needed a bigger stronger more successful open-hearted man i mean let's let's put it this way um kid rock has been active since 1990 cheryl crow has been active since 1994 guess who's up for rock and roll hall of fame this year yeah that should tell no. you the story cheryl crow oh yeah Okay, I thought you were really gonna say Kid Rock, and I was oh, like, hell no. Whoa, "Oh no!" No, he he's done his damage, and there's, I'm sure we'll cover that. But she was nominated this year. I don't know if you wanted to see that. So because of this, Billboard actually credited the song on the charts as Kid Rock featuring Cheryl Crow or Allison Morer. Um, the crazy thing with both songs is too, they each feature a different guitar solo um, after one of the choruses. Um, it's kind of really cool because the Cheryl Crow version is very like it, it's definitely rock radio friendly but the Allison Moore version seems like her voice has a lot more country soul behind it and, and is very well suited for country radio stations um, I had never actually heard the Allison Moore version until today and I really liked it. I thought it was a very good, well, well done song. So the song itself is about two people being away from each other and cheating on each other and how remorseful they feel. If you really want to look more into the vocal, vocal abilities for, for everybody on this song too, like I said, Cheryl Crow and Allison Moore's vocals, they're both strong. They sound really great. Kid Rock, it's really weak and it kind of shows that he's better off rapping if you can really believe that. But of course, he wanted to sing more and more and more. Uh, Picture was his highest charting single in the U.S. Uh, it peaked at number four on Billboard in 2003. Uh, it also charted on the Hot Country Songs chart, peaking at 21. And it was Cheryl Crow's second most successful single in the U.S. after her 94 hit All I Want to Do, which was Billboard number two song. And, you know, Kid Rock musically he's he's kind of a little bit of a whore because he's performed this song with dozens of female vocalists including live performances with leanne rhymes gretchen wilson's martina pride kelly pickler miranda lambert and jesse james 
So he's just slinging this song to everybody who will listen. Kind of a whore. Kind of a whore. Musical whore. Kind of a musical whore. Just a little bit. Very big musical whore. Yeah, I mean, and that's... Filthy. That, as a songwriter myself, that's kind of ridiculous, you know, to write a song with somebody else and just, here, let's just just play this with everybody else. I don't care who plays it as long as someone plays it. As long as you provide meth, he will play it. Not that I have any animosity towards him. None. None whatsoever. Peace. So the second song we're going to cover today is All Summer Long. This is the song that I just absolutely hate to hear. You know why? Because this song, released on the 2007 Rock and Roll Jesus album, stole lines, musical lines, from Bob Seger's Night Moves, sampled Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, and Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. How can you sample three different songs for one song? And they're all good songs. And he just, no, no, we're going to do this better. No, you did not do it better, Kid Rock, at all. Correct me on this. First album, well, first notable album, Devil Without a Cause. He had that slow single, uh, Only God Knows Why, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he mm-hmm. totally auto-tuned throughout that? Oh, yeah. He was He was T-Pain auto-tuned on it. Yeah. Like, it was a noticeable auto-tune. And I, I just, I wonder why they let him sing. And then I did look into it. He has his own record company. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why that he's still allowed to release music. I kind of wish he went the route of a previously mentioned controversial band that we had to cover a little while ago, where he is just on the, I have to pay CD distributors to send out my music, but continue. Yeah. Do we really want uh, an unknown giant uh, electrics, electronics and tech mogul to put any of Kid Rock's albums on everybody's? Oh, I wasn't talking about that band. Oh, oh! Okay. I was talking yeah. about one that played a show in Tampa that we had to air. Oh, that band! Um, oh, yeah, that we had to uh, air some uh, little disclosures for. That I'm sure, band. I'm sure Kid Rock's on that on the way to being that if he keeps up I, with some of the controversy, which we'll talk if, about later. I hope what so. If those two, what if they toured together? Oh dear God! Oh. Well, the, hey, you know what? The benefit is we'd have them in the same place. And that way the FBI could go ahead and raid and arrest every domestic terrorist. Dun, dun, dun. That's how the cookie crumbles, baby. Rows and rows of white supremacists in the crowd. Yeah, pretty much. Terrifying thing, honestly, about All Summer Long is the fact he actually played it at the Grammy Awards. And at WrestleMania 25, which definitely sounds like somewhere it should probably be played. Uh, It also also led to him getting a VH1 Storytellers in 2008. So there are eight different people who are credited for writing all summer long. And they include, from Werewolves of London, Leroy Marinell, Wadi Watchell, and Warren Zevon, songwriters of Sweet Home Alabama, Ed King, Gary Rossington, and Ronnie Van Zant, Matthew Schaefer, who's Uncle Cracker, and Robert Ritchie, Kid Rock. How does there need to be eight different songwriters for one <coughs> song? This is what happens when you steal from everybody. So it's a song that's basically about growing up, being a rambunctious teenager, 
one of the first lines says it was 1989 my thoughts were short my hair was long caught somewhere between a boy and man she was 17 and she was far from in between well guess what rock you were born in early 1971 in 1989 you were 18 and you hadn't even just turned 18 you'd been 18 for a solid six to eight months that's statutory dude and he talks about a lot of underage drinking smoking illegal substances and really just being kind of a bad boy that's bad his boy of the rich neighborhood that's his uh vanilla ice drive-by song that's what that is it uh, 100% i like seriously vanilla ice writes ice ice baby about doing a drive-by kid rock writes his rambunctious teen stuff called all summer long and it's that's his vanilla ice because he totally had that that crazy summer while he was was that was that the summer before or after he picked apples with his family in their orchard that was near their uh oh he did that for years i saw that that on wikipedia too that's a little crazy you should look at the house it's a nice house oh i'm sure it is i mean his dad was what a used car salesman like he owned the dealership Own the deal. There you go. Yeah, dude. Like he's a little rich boy. He's a little rich boy. Any anybody that's listening to this who's an actual Kid Rock fan, first off, get your GED, get it done. Um, second off, he's a liar. (laughs) And third off, he's a terrible human being. But the GED is the most important part. Get that done with. And if you're like, well, I like some Kid Rock songs. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get over yourself. Stop it. No. Bad fans. Bad fans. John had to mute his microphones because he was laughing so much. (laughs) Need to get the spray bottle. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, that's it for lyrics. It just. And that song pisses me off just because of the Sweet Home Alabama lick. Like I, I hear it and I expect to hear Sweet Home Alabama, you know? Like, it's the same chord structure and everything. I'm wondering why they didn't get a lawsuit against him. Unless well, the Van Zandt family like, was like, here you go. They even had, like, the backing female vocals, too. Yeah. It. Like, it literally, you if you turn on that song at any certain point, you would think it's one of the other three songs. Yeah. Somebody, I like, nowadays, he doesn't get talked about as much as a, a huge proponent for... Uh, music in the 60s and 70s and 80s Warren Zevon I think probably around his death he did a lot but uh post the posthumous stuff not so much why why are you messing with Warren Zevon's stuff like and I think he already died by that point if I'm not mistaken like I know it's like perfectly legal to like sample other art like songs and stuff in your music Especially if you get uh, permission from the studio with the songwriter, right? Yeah, you normally have like, some form of royalties you have to pay or something. It thoroughly pisses me off, though, like when it's the beginning of the song. Like right now, there's a song like uh, the this new ba- David Guetta, Baby Rexa song or Baby Rexa song or whatever that just came out. Sure. The entire intro for like the last first 45 seconds is the same song, like the beginning of, uh, I can't remember it right now, but it's super annoying. Well, there's the Young Gravy single that kind of made waves for a while that really just completely takes Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up 
Like, he doesn't even change anything about it. So he's rickrolling people. Rick Astley is suing him. Because <laughs> number one, he never got permission. And number two, he just pretty much said, like, I like the song. I'm just going to cut out the lyrics and add my own. I'm you sorry. That's not how music works. <laughs> you don't roll the Rick. The Rick no. rolls you. You can you can sample music for music like little clips and stuff for rap songs again with permission. I mean, that's pretty much a lot of the modern hip hop artists take if they don't create a beat in the studio, they're sampling somebody else. But generally they have a record company that is seeking out permissions like, "Hey, uh I'm sorry ABBA, we have this small clip of your song. We would really like to sample it for ours. We can give you whatever percentage of royalties of the single." That way you're not without, and ABBA's record company says, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's, that's generally how it goes, you know? But here's the thing that, that I don't understand with it, though, is that most of the time when an artist samples any music, it's because either A, they're not musicians, like actual musicians themselves, they can't play instruments, or B, like, they can't reproduce that live, whatever it might be. Right. Kid Rock has a backing band. Twisted Brown Trucker Band plays with him every single show, has been on every single one of his albums, except for like the last two or three, whatever. There should be no reason you have to sample when you have a backing band that has proven that they can actually make their own music, write their own music. And for a guy like Kid Rock, who claims that he can play every instrument in his band as well, yeah, that's really, really, really lazy, dude. I, I hate to say this uh, because the person who really should have gotten all the success was uh, Uncle Cracker. I agree. Yeah, I look Uncle Cracker's first single pissed me off to no end as a guitarist because it's just like five notes. Um, and it's so catchy and it's still in my head just for mentioning his name. It's in my head. But. He's a good singer. Yeah. He's a very good singer. <laughs> like, and I mean, we haven't gotten to him yet because he may or may not be on our lovely little list. But I mean, as far as compared to what we're about to hear, I don't think it's to that level. Having said that, John, you've been working on this for a little while and uh, you've had your notes for a little while. So. I'm gonna mute my microphone so I don't scream uh, whenever I hear everything you're about to say, because not on you, not on you by any means. What do you have for controversies, buddy? Where do you want me to start? So, uh, I think I'll just pick one. I got a whole list. I got like a timeline of things and I'm just going to start where I feel like it. All right. So I'm just going to go and scroll. All right. 2004, uh, Kid Rock decided to, during his Super Bowl halftime show, cut a hole into the American flag and wore it as a freaking poncho and then threw it into the crowd in front of the veterans of the foreign wars, the VFW. How idiotic can you be? Name a sport more American and patriotic than football at the Super Bowl. Baseball. No, baseball is a dying sport. It's a pastime. It's not a current past feature. Either way, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I don't agree with you. 
Like, isn't defacing the American flag in the Constitution as a no-no? No, I don't think it's actually in the Constitution. I think it's but just it's a, a no-no. It's <laughs> definitely mean, a no-no. You definitely cannot take the flag and decide to wear it, but you're welcome to, like, wear a flag, right? But you can't, like, no, and then you, wear it. You can, you can wear fabrics that have the flag printed on them, but using the actual flag itself is a very big no-no. And there's a lot of flag codes that's really funny that people that claim that they love it so much don't follow the freaking flag code come on yeah that's now. a good point i should have specified better on that one you're right all right let's go let's go find another one all right 2017 of july he decides to say that he's running for the u.s senate but then comes back after like he says it's all a gag he did it for fun and whatever but like but then the federal election election commission came out and said that what he did was claiming he's running for senate and then starting to do it all with just tying it to your album release is kind of unethical apparently so i i don't know how they decided to work on that um but there was some they had it was a big investigation and settlement of possible campaign violation lawsuits and stuff it big ordeal in september 17 he goes on an explicit political diatribe during a michigan show he he was scheduled for to run for six shows in Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, but during a fake campaign speech behind a podium that bore a logo similar to the presidential seal, he then goes on to uh, with a white claw. No, sorry, his is but instead of a his presidential seal has his name at the bottom below an eagle holding a rifle. To uh, comes out on stage to the hail to this chief thing. He says, think you remind me. And it goes on a big diatribe. I'm not going to say it because some of the things are really bad, but he talks a lot about Nazis, bigotry, KKK, Black Lives Matter, and all that stuff, and says that they're all and that they all need to stay away with using a lot of swear words. There was a lot of petitioning, and uh, Detroit came out and said a lot of things about how this person is, uh, Kid Rock was extremely racist and the city was extremely tone deaf for even having this man come out and do it it's really big uh the naacp came out and tried to get his concerts canceled because of it uh then the next month he comes out and goes on to a transphobic comment uh on a lot recorded on it about his uh third annual fish fry and raps about his uh homophobic beliefs and transphobic beliefs Oh, and then in January of 2018, he got sued by uh, the Ringling Bros for trademark infringement on his uh, tour by calling his tour the greatest show on Earth. Two hours later. Fun fact, the Ringling Bros were out of business when they do their lawsuit against him. They had gone bankrupt, apparently, and had to shut down their whole tour. So uh, they still own Ringling College, though. Yes, because they they still have the art school. Yeah. So that's the uh, so they had to the street for me, but Kid Rock lost it. He, he lost the lawsuit pretty fast, apparently, and then uh, had to pay him back some money, a considerable amount of money, it, it, undisclosed amount of money for a trademark infringement. But uh, he had changed his he had to rename his show to the American Rock and Roll Tour, not the, the greatest show on earth anymore. I'm sure his dad had enough money to cover it. He got he got booted out of the Nashville Christmas parade for his remarks. For what he said on a uh, live television show of the then show host called uh, Joy Bahar, and on his uh, uh, and on Fox and Friends, 
he uh, he said, and I quote on Fox and Friends, "I would love, I would say, love every, I love everybody here except screw that Joey Bahar bitch." Love. He then came out to apologize for it by saying, "I apologize for what I my language, but not for my sentiment." I am not one to defend Fox and Friends ever, <laughs> but they at least keep their language down to their credit. Just. So in February of 2006, allegedly, allegedly, two videotapes were stolen from a safe of the former Creed frontman Scott Stapp's house and then released online depicting Stapp and Kid Rock in a sexual encounter with four women on a tour bus during a Florida tour stop back in 1999. Uh, The two musicians successfully filed restraining orders against the company Worldwide Red Light District for selling the video online. Was it filmed in Jacksonville? It more than likely was. It might have been. I, you know, I'm gonna, I know we have Creed that we're gonna cover. I'm gonna say this. This is my controversial take on Creed. I have friends that are friends with the band members or have known them for a long time. They have been nothing but respectful and polite and good to fans i will say that wholeheartedly i incident personal one the band sent autograph merchandise to a dying friend when they found out he was dying their lawyer was the brother of a friend of my family and i can't thank them enough for that so i will say that as a personal thing outside of that any incident is that of its own We'll address it when we get to that band. For anybody who suggests Creed as a band for cover, yeah, they're on the list. Don't worry. We got it. But just personal take, it was probably filmed in Jacksonville. You know what band isn't on the list, though? Alter Bridge. I don't think they need it. I think they're good. No, they don't. You know why? Because they don't have Scott Stapp. Yeah. Continue, John. It's allegedly that it was either Miami or St. Petersburg. They aren't able to do it. It was during their Creed Kid Rock tour while they're opening for Metallica in 1999. Yeah, there's definitely some nasty St. Pete girls, uh, probably, yeah. I was going to say Tallahassee, because that's originally where Scott Stapp is from. Not the college, just the... All right, so this one's a good one. This is is a good one. Kid Rock was at one point married to Pamela Anderson. When he was married to Pamela Anderson, uh, he then, Tommy Lee also, after the divorce, gets married to Pamela Anderson. In the 2007 MTV VMAs, for some reason, Kid Rock and Tommy Lee get into a fist fight. I actually know this story. Kid Rock later said that his uh, relationship with the Motley Crue drummer had been strained for several years, and uh, he got cited for a misdemeanor battery, but not taken into custody. It's pretty ridiculous that somehow both Motley Crue's drummer and Kid Rock married to pamela anderson here i don't know what the com- the controlling factor is here but something with pamela anderson in my opinion i can actually tell this story because it's one of my favorite stories with tommy lee <laughs> so right. this it's actually it wasn't at the vmas it was at a club and what happened is they were celebrating after the vmas a lot of people just went out to various clubs in the city tommy lee went ended up at this club and he got a table so he got a table he's with his crew he's having a good time He's having a couple drinks, just enjoying himself. Um, Kid Rock comes in. There's nowhere to sit. So he comes to Tommy's table, asks him to get up and leave. 
Tommy, very politely, said, No, we've had our table. We're good. You're welcome to sit if you want to, but don't cause any <coughs> Kid Rock took umbrage to that and pushed Tommy Lee. Tommy did not fight back. So there was no big wild brawl or anything like that. The push was enough for security to apprehend Kid Rock, which then he punched a security guard. Yes. Ooh. So this is this again, this is from Tommy Lee's perspective, because here's the thing. I'm not a big Motley Crue fan. I'm not even a big Tommy Lee fan. I just love his storytelling because he's a very, very good storyteller. I will say that 100%. And at the time, and actually has been for several years since Pam and Tommy have been married, had kids, and subsequently divorced, they're still very close to each other. And even during Kid Rock's marriage to Pam, they were still very close to each other. So I think Kid's just a jealous bitch who can't take that his wife has male friends. So that's my perspective. Now, John, you, you said that she remarried Tommy Lee after divorcing Kid Rock, right? No, no uh, they, they haven't here. been remarried. Okay. They, they were they they got married. They had two kids, uh, two boys who actually uh, were behind the um, Pamela Anderson documentary that came out earlier this year, which Tommy I do Lee was first married to Pamela Anderson. Yes. Yes. So they, when they, they divorced, Kid Rock's after. Yeah. When they yeah. divorced, she you know had her dating string he had his dating string they have subsequently hooked up a few times sometimes it's kind of like a rekindling but they never got remarried so but he pam and tommy ended up getting together after kid rock a like, few like, times some, they, i think point. they still do to this day if i'm not so mistaken you're telling me kid rock was such a terrible husband that he drove his wife into the arms of her ex-husband they were what only a married guy. a year and pam and tommy co-parented two kids you know so like they had I, to I, yeah i know uh pamela anderson's been married six times that's all i got here yeah. tommy lee and uh kid rock are the two i know Kid Rock has only had enough to be able to talk one woman into ruining their lives by marrying him, apparently, because I don't think he's gotten married a second time. Uh, that's probably for the best. Oh, here we go. Here's the fullest. Tommy Lee, Kid Rock, Rick Solomon, John Peters, and Bray Hurst. All right, back to Kid Rock. Uh, what do we got next here? His, uh, I mean, he's got notorious usage of the Confederate flag, and then he says, but he's like, I've never flown the flag with hate in my heart, not even not even one ounce of heart hate. And he said that as he was receiving an award at the NACCP chap Detroit chapter for his work in the community of Detroit, which like is just why would you have to make a speech about that then at that moment? That's like flying a Nazi flag and saying, oh, no, I'm not flying this with hate in my heart. Yes, you are, because the flag is essentially hate. There's 100%. a reason Europe does not allow Nazi flags to be flown. Because as much as you want to sit there and say, oh, this is a part of our history. Sure, it is. Um, it's a terrible part to history. And no one really wants to remind themselves of the horrible atrocities that the country did. So why you want to remind yourself of the horrible atrocities that your country did is, uh, I, I just don't know. 
or remind yourself that you're a loser too. You know, I did cut out all the things that were longer than the Confederacy of the one episode with Leonard oh, Skinner. No. I cut it. Well, it just like I just there's no yeah. point. It's just me just being angry about it. And like, look, if you are if your family is from the South and they were here during the Civil War and they participated on the part of the Confederacy, acknowledge your mistakes and move on. That's all I'm gonna say. That's it. Sorry. John, next up is uh, he went on a hunting trip with Ted Nugent where he went and, I guess, slayed a cougar, an actual cougar, uh, and shared a picture of it of their prey on Instagram or whatever and says, Hail my Motor City boy Kid Rock by saving all the mule deer, elk, and livestock by whacking this magnificent mountain lion. I can hear the brain-dead squawkers already with their obscene denial that killing lions is wrong. It's legal, It's and it's necessary, it's good, it's beneficial, it's a... Uh, the riot Ted Nugent wrote. It's, it's not uh, really so, endangered. It's not so like this wasn't necessarily. I guess the big issue with this one wasn't necessarily that Kid Rock killed the mountain lion. I guess, but like how Ted Nugent worded it and prescribed it, like definitely wrong. You shouldn't go out and kill endangered species. That's still wrong that he killed it though. Too. Yeah, he's not not nice or good in this situation at all. No. Um, this one I'll be honest. Uh. I kind of can't hate on him on this one, so I'm going to have to be... He, what he said to Blake Shelton and this was wrong, but uh, what he said to Michael Moore, I mean, I kind of have to agree with him. Uh, so during the, oh, when the American Sniper movie came out, he, Blake Shelton, Craig, and a bunch of other people sh like talked poorly of the movie American Sniper. But Kid Rock apparently jumped to the defense of the movie and said what he said is wrong. Okay, right? Like, But his sentiment, I kind of have to agree with because... Michael Moore was kind of a dick, but he said, uh, fuck you, Michael Moore, you're a piece of shit and your uncle would be ashamed of you. Seth Rogen, your uncle probably molested you. I hope you both catch a fist to the face soon. Uh, Seth Rogen really said was, let me see if I can find it here. He said he compared American Sniper to Nazi propaganda. Michael Moore just trashed all over the film and said it was a poor film and that it was, let me see if I can find the exact quote here. Michael American Moore. Sniper wasn't that an Eastwood? Didn't Clint Eastwood direct that? Because it was like right after. He yeah, it's a Clint to Eastwood. Yeah, yeah this is Clint after Eastwood Clint Eastwood showed his uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Senility when he was talking to an empty chair and pointing out things that Bush had done during his presidency, but was blaming it on Obama, who hadn't been in office yet. Was this before or after the movie where he was an old man yelling, uh, get off my lawn? To the Look, Gran Turismo was actually good, but I feel like it was Clint Eastwood's excuse for him to use racial slurs. Gran Turismo was a great game. Gran Torino was a terrible movie. Oh, yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't care. I don't play driving games. Except for Crazy Taxi. That's always fun. That was a fun one. Hey, hey! So, all right, Michael Moore took to Facebook when the movie came out and said, my uncle was killed by a sniper in World War II, and we were taught that snipers are cowards, and they will shoot you in the back. Snipers aren't heroes, and invaders are worse. Uh, he later then said that they don't believe in a fair fight, so here's what I think about American Sniper. Iceland performance by Bradley Cooper, but too bad Clint Eastwood gets Vietnam and Iraq confused in the storytelling, and that he has characters calling Iraqi savages throughout the film. So... Honestly, I kind of get like what his thoughts are on it, but like you're supposed 
like this movie wasn't about wasn't about that like the movie was about a man who had severe ptsd and tried to help people after a severe very traumatic experience through his traumatic experience so putting your personal feelings into a movie that's supposed to bring light to something like that is the worst kind of person and why i still think michael moore is an awful human being i Not just for that. i don't disagree with you because i look i I had to watch Fahrenheit 9-11 for a film studies class in college. And yeah, the entire time I'm watching it, and look, I, I'm i a non-party affiliate. A lot of people will say I'm liberal. Get it right. I am a lefty, okay? <laughs> I'm a hard lefty. So no. But I was watching Fahrenheit 9-11, and I could defend Bush throughout that whole film. And also the editing around the clocks to make the answers to questions that he asked people he was interviewing seem like they were answering in the affirmative to something like the whole charlton heston interview that was highly edited to make it look like it worked in moore's favor bush not reacting whenever he was told about the plans hitting the towers if you're reading a children's book to a class of six and seven year olds and somebody comes in and whispers in your ear high security detailed information that america is under attack is it your job to go excuse me i have to go now in the middle of you reading a book which would not only alarm the teacher and the students or do you try to keep calm and let your secretary of defense figure out what's going on first because bush kept calm as he should and I, yeah, I will give him yeah. credit for that. I will give him credit for that. But it's... I don't like Michael Moore. I don't. I've seen Bowling for Columbine. I stopped at Fahrenheit 9-11. I didn't want to watch anything after that. I, like, there's some parts of him that, like... Like, uh, not everybody's truly bad. And there's some stuff that I, I do... I lean towards agreeing with him on. But, like, slandering a movie like that because of whatever personal feelings you think you have when you haven't done anything... Like, I'm not endorsing the Iraq war. Like, I'm not going to. Like, no. No, I'm not trying to defend right. that. I'm not trying to defend anything, but the movie wasn't about it, wasn't a patriotic movie to hype up enlistment or recruiting numbers. It wasn't the point of the movie. Clint Eastwood doesn't do anything like that. It was a movie mm -hmm. to. Debatable on that, but we're not going to go too deep into Eastwood. The movie wasn't endorsed by the Department of Defense. Okay, there we go. There we go. Right. Well, so, the... like. It was made to show like, hey, this dude did really good things and he got screwed over because of PTSD at the end. Trying to help people with PTSD coming back from the war. The guy he's trying to help turns around, kills himself, kills him. How is this a movie endorsing the Iraq war? But that's what Michael Moore is trying to make it out. And like, whatever. Now we're getting, I'm getting away from the point. Yeah, I mean, like at the same time, there was, uh, was it um, Hurt Locker? And then there was one with matt damon that came out about the same time and they're oh the hurt locker, locker was, was, was a hard one hurt locker hard. is just like a very realistic take of what goes on and i had talked to friends who were serving around that time and they said yeah that's a pretty realistic depiction of everything but the one with matt damon was very much like a anti-war sentiment about not finding weapons of mass destruction yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah. There was also one with Jamie Foxx and Jason Bateman that came out that was really good, but it seemed more just like a suspense kind of tying into it. I don't know. 
I know that, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll just say this one thing. I know that the American Sniper uh, book is also extremely controversial in its own right. So making a movie off of it can kind of attach itself to that controversy. And I get that. So I get anybody's commentary on it being something that could be hard to digest and it could easily be misconstrued because it's just one person's depiction of something, but also the PTSD stuff attached to it. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a teeter-totter thing with both sides on it. I, uh, I can't remember, I'm trying to do it off memory for the book. I remember the book was something about his awards that he might have gotten wrong on. The he, amount of awards he inflated he his awards and a lot of the passages that he wrote, he came across as more sociopathic than um, straightforward. That, yeah, that was the I, primary, I remember that. That was the critique that came with it. And that, that's not my personal, so that's just how critique was presented with it oh wait hold on i just googled it i know we're way off topic and everybody's like are you gonna get back to kid rock eventually yes <laughs> why though why do we yeah i don't really like rock? talking about him except what i have in... oh no they the they actually came out and changed his discharge awards so yeah they fixed it she or whatever she or he or the company apparently had records of it they just weren't in his uh record yet I can actually speak of that from experience right now. I know my award numbers and my profile don't match to what I'm actually awarded. And I have submitted the corrections to it multiple times. It just, there's uh, the way I got described it. There's one person in the Navy that does all the awards for everybody on the East coast. And it takes mm -hmm. uh, up to like three years to get it fixed. Yeah. They're fixed it though. It's gotten a lot better. That's good. Right on. It used to be, it used to be like never happened, but uh now, whether or not they fixed it because of the controversy or not, who knows? Uh, so, uh, oh, here we go. Here's a new one. Uh, Kid Rock blasts Colin Kaepernick for kneeling during the national anthem thing. So there was that. Him selling the pro-Trump t-shirts and saying, uh, Rock expand Kid Rock expanded his merchandise line in support of former President Donald Trump at the time, including a T-labeling blue states from the 2016 presidential election as part of Dumbfuckistan, while the remaining states represented the United States of America. And the backside reads God, guns, and Trump. And then it's well, with an image where the D in Donald Trump is missing because the D is in everybody else's mouth. That's part of the blue states. He's a terrible stand-up comedian. Very creative uh, merchandising. Uh, he had a D? whole role. Uh, I, I don't know. Probably the groupies. He had a whole Rolling Stone <laughs> article where... <laughs> He was flabbergasted by the Beehive for their obsession with Beyonce for and describing his before describing his type. Beyonce to me doesn't have a fucking purple rain, but she's on the biggest thing on earth. How can you be that big without at least one sweet hat on Alabama or old time rock and roll? He said, People are like Beyonce, so hot, got a nice blanking blank. I'm like, cool, I like skinny white chicks with blank blank. Don't really blank do much for me other than that. Why did it was, that it is, just it, sound it, like any of his like radio radio edits of his songs? Yeah, blank, just, blank, it, blank, blank, blank. Hi there, blank, 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 blank. It's uh, a very long tyrant he went on about Beyonce apparently, and we're gonna move on for that one before we get Devin triggered. I I was triggered at the beginning of this. All right, understand. Oh, he uh, went on a big tirade about Taylor Swift and her politics in 2019. When Taylor Swift broke her political silence during the 2018 election, uh, when she endorsed the Democratic candidates in her native Tennessee 
state of Tennessee during her, the midterm elections. And I, literally a year later, not during when she originally did it, Kid Rock came out and mocked her political activism for and says Taylor Swift wants to be a Democrat because she wants to be in movies. Period. That's it. It looks like she'll be sucked off, sucked the doorknob off of a Hollywood weirdo to get there. All this move in the book. Good luck, girl. A year later, not like the next day, the same day, or even a week, month. No. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think we're good with the number oh, of I controversies. Got, I got more pages. <laughs> But I'm not done yet. There's more. If you order right now, we'll give you one more controversy involving Kid Rock. That's right, folks. You see, we recorded this episode originally a week before the following thing happened. Tell them what they've won, John. Well, right now when Bud Light decided to create a contest called the Easy Carry Contest, Kid Rock took offense to David Dylan Mulvaney, who is a TikTok influencer and social media activist and Bud Light brand influencer. He was involved with a $10,000 giveaway challenge with Bud Light. So when she got her face involved a can to celebrate her 365 days of being transitioned to a woman, Kid Rock decided to take this as a personal challenge. This has caused a lot of spark within the lgbtqia community as well as people that uh seem to have some forbearances with that community and the reason that you didn't hear it at the beginning of controversies or throughout the controversies is because it literally happened a week after we recorded this episode so welcome everyone to our first interjection on an already recorded episode yay we did it <laughs> I still hate him, 100%. I think that's it. That's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all I needed. Well, I mean, we look, you know, we interjected in the episode. We're adding a little tidbit in here because everybody probably wanted to hear it. And then we did, and, and that's it. I mean, we all kind of already hated the guy. We discussed it throughout the episode how much we hated the guy, and there's even more valid reason. So... I think that's good. Yeah, essentially, to summarize it up, if you haven't seen the video that he posted, he essentially created a uh, video, posted it to his Instagram, TikTok, whatever page, you know, wore his MAGA hat on. No, you know, he had, a, he had it backwards, though, in typical Kid Rock fashion. Opened the video by saying, Grandpa feeling a little bit frisky today, and then said, let me tell you as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch as he then cocked his uh, semi-automatic rifle and then uh, shot up many cases of Bud Light that were on a table by a river. Which is fantastic because he, uh, you know, gave money and advertising to Bud Light by purchasing those cases. So great job, kid. You, you showed him by spending money on the adversary moron the greatest part of this was these if his point was that you know they're supporting lgbtq plus he didn't even get the cans with her, her face on it was just regular bud light cans so he didn't even take care of the offensive stuff he just shot i mean if his whole motivation was to say bud light and destroying bud light cans i think he's just using it as a facade because clearly he's not offended by regular Bud Light, he's only offended by the LGBTQ plus Bud Light cans, right? Like, am I am I confused here? I don't think you're confused. I think it's a pretty accurate thing. I I also think that it's uh 
I don't want to say infuriating. That's probably not the correct term, but it's very confusing for me when people get questionable about other people's genders or sexuality because, frankly, unless they're sleeping with them, what does it matter? Like, how are you offended by a picture on a can? I... Dude, I... You know, I don't like that I have this Kirkland brand of sparkling water that is lemon flavor, and those are clearly orange slices. I'm gonna shoot <laughs> this now. That, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I Who gives a shit, all right? It's the same people who got mad at Starbucks for putting Happy Holidays cups out there because there's only like 14 holidays in 20 days in December. Who gives a shit? Seriously, you know what? actually, I'm I'm upset about Starbucks changing the ice in their drinks. I don't like the idea of switching the ice up. I like my chunky ice. I don't want like blocks. I'm of not ice. talking Starbucks specifically. I'm talking about the brand of offense that people take with <laughs> like that. I mean, but I'm like... not going to take my Starbucks drinks, put them on a table and shoot them because of the ice. <laughs> it doesn't. There's no logic to this. None. I just. The now, and why this, would I spend money stuff, on it? <laughs> I, if, I don't know, but I also feel like if this was Nazi stuff, I wouldn't have be as upset about this. Like, no, they, if like, he's shooting like, I mean, on. if he's got what's his name, uh, Ben Shapiro on Bud Light cans, and he's like, you know what, Bud Light, I'd be like, yeah, Bud Light. You know, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like number one, you're threatening violence against another human being, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. Period. It doesn't matter whether or not you agree with their philosophy or their way of life. Threatening violence is almost the same as actually committing the violence. Because basically, you're just saying, I'm going to inflict harm upon you. That's actually worthy enough for a restraining order. So, yeah. <clears throat> you, Kid Rock. So, like, is there, like, anything controversial behind this Dylan Mulvaney person besides... She's transgender. That's, That's it. it. Transgender That's it. woman. Issue? Transgender I, woman. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Yep. And now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get back to everything we had already previously recorded. We honestly really didn't even need to interject this. We just kind of wanted to because we thought it was important to mention since it's just so close together and we do try to keep up as much as we can with current events. This was just too good to, to, to pass. So I just don't know anymore. Yeah. I, John, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you for your time. If, if you're wondering where Jay is, he couldn't make it for this recording. That's why we don't have him on here. It's nothing on him. Literally just timing. So we're going to cut back to the regular episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this interjection. And uh, now finish up the episode. No, no, we... we no, 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 I think we're good. No, no more. I, think I didn't good. even get to the Oprah Winfrey one. He... He said probably a very racist thing about her. I, I'm just guessing. Don't take the good name of Oprah in vain. No, don't, don't. I mean, I know she's richer than everybody, but still, like, just don't. Just don't. She's helped so many with her book club. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm only in 2018. I got I got five more years. It only gets better. Try to... <laughs> I, I really just don't want to. It's okay. I, we could stop. We, we could stop here. This is a six hour long episode. So just just from your research, I'm actually going to start with you, John. Yeah, your thoughts. Let's take a um, breath first. Actually, everybody, everybody, just uh, just hands on your head. Hands on your head. And do it. Woo-saw. 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 Okay. All right.
We're all we're all centered. We're all become the rant. Zen. Become okay. the rant. John, starting with you, my friend. What's up? I I I hate to say that I'm like the more I scroll, the more things I find out about him. And I, this is my last thing I'm going to say, but like he made a very poor taste about tasteful joke about surviving a helicopter ride the day after Kobe Bryant and his family died in a helicopter ride. And what's the joke, John? There isn't a joke to it. The joke was that he survived. It's Kobe, man. I'm not even a huge basketball fan, but that's Kobe. You know what the joke is? You know what the joke is? Kid Rock's career. That is the joke, actually. I will agree with that one. Because there are some songs I think of when I think of Kid Rock, you know, Jay talked about the the all summer long one. Not a big fan of the song, but I distinctly remember cruising around, you know, in high school to that song, you know, on my way to Starbucks, my shift as a barista. You know, it was great. Good times. You know, happy memories. Not the song. The song's not great, but it's happy memories, you know. But the more I just keep scrolling about this man that's turned very despicable and hateful, just upsets me to my core. I feel hollow inside now. I don't know what you want from me, man. This man deserves all the criticism. And more, actually. I actually think he needs more. Yeah, I get that. Dude's a legitimate, awful human being. And I haven't even gotten into his legal issues, actually. He has actual legal issues, too, about domestic battery and stuff, too. Like, it's great. Jay, you got anything? Oh, I do. But I think we're saving that for last. Dear Bobby Shazam, I have also forgotten where I'm from. You see, I was born and raised in Northeast Florida, but I more associate with the hometown of my parents in New York. The only issue is that I went from one small town to another, and the humidity changed immensely to a point of where my testicles stick to my leg on an almost daily basis. The big thing about that change is I completely acknowledge the fact that I'm from Florida, which I know is the joke of the USA, similar to how you're a joke in the music industry. It's not enough that you come from a well-established upper-middle-class family that makes you a total douchebag on fire inside of a sewage treatment plant on top of a landfill. It's more that you've ingested so much cocaine that you believe that everyone who listens to you and enjoys country music is an absolute moron. But that's your pandering take, to make fun of everything logical that occurs with the world. Not only do I take offense to that with country fans, as I am one and know quite a few, but I also imagine that the mountain of meth that you keep on your tour bus is for you to quote, keep in touch with the people. I also see that you made friends with Ted Nugent, another person who believes that the country fans are all racist homophobes. Whenever possible, ask how much patchouli oil he uses to cover up the shit stains permanently attached to his ass when he avoided getting drafted. I don't feel like you've ever actually been in a trailer outside of a movie set. I'm also sure that any that you've been in had the windows blotted out and mysterious ladies leaving, wiping their mouths and needing to pull their shorts back to center. Do us the favor of taking your song samples, inability to write or sing, obscene written lyrics, and leave them behind, just like you left your much more talented band behind you in your career. By the way, Uncle Cracker should have gotten the career, and they only still play with you because they want a paycheck, but they'd probably be fine on their own. Please make sure you zip up your fly after you walk out the door, although it wouldn't be a bad thing for you to leave it open. 
That way we have the opportunity to use the satellites to find out where your actually is. Hugs and kisses, Devin Hughes. You know, that reminds me of a time. I was, grow. I grew up in a trailer park with my mom, my stepdad, my brother. It was pretty good times. Some are nice. Some are very nice. Really, uh, you know, you know that show, uh, Trailer Park Boys. Oh sure. yes, yeah. You know the intro theme where they, you know, it's a nice calm black and white stroll, like pan view camera coming down through there. Literally, trailer for trailer, street for street. You know, small kid on the bicycle. That was me. Literally, if you looked at it and you went to my trailer park where I grew up and where my mom still lives, literally it looks exactly the same as my brother. I met some trailer park trash people that live there, man. I'll be honest. Facts. But you can also find some really nice ones. Those people, better than Kid Rock. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen. That was stories with Coleman that are actually related. I like that. I think we use that. Related stories to whatever the artist is. I like it. I like it. Jay, my friend. Mi amigo. Mi hombre. Que pasó? You there? You about there? Man. Ooh, sa. Ooh, sa. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. I am one with the force, and the force is with me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. <laughs> it is time for Rants with Jay. Keep it same time limit. This is probably gonna go over. Not gonna lie. Is is it written out? Yeah, but let's okay. go with 70, 75 seconds. No, no, no. You know what? Maybe? You know what? You know what? Rant away because I never set a limit to my letters. So why should I do that right. for you? That seems. Unfair. I mean, I I'd like to challenge myself to seventy five seconds. That's fair. Keep everything as compact as possible, hoping that these people can keep their careers compact and away from everything. So I'm gonna give you the countdown though. Let's go. Ow, that hurts. Look, dude, you may have had some success, but come on. This guy has stolen everything he's done. Trailer parks. (laughs) Let me just act like I'm some methed out trailer boy, even though my family never once went without. Rock music? Oh, I'm going to steal Skinner's thing. Rap? Eminem ain't got nothing on me. Rap rock? Let's just steal Limp Bizkit's shtick. Samples? Even though you have a great backing band in the Twisted Brown Trucker Band, let's just steal every rock party song ever and turn the band into a cover band. Being a redneck? No, hold my dip cup. Because while I transition my entire genre and style to hip-hop and pollute country music stations with my brand of watered-down excuse for what I call music, God, I hope The Undertaker stays retired so I never have to listen to him ever ride down a WWE stage again with a motorcycle with American Badass screeching in the speakers in the background sounding like pure and utter garbage. So if you really, really want to get down with some fake wannabe rapper bullshit that sold his soul for watered down rock and roll, panders to conservatives and the country music industry by putting American flags on everything, then he was never hard enough to be an actual real rapper then absolutely go buy a Kid Rock album. But make sure that you put your earphones in, crank it up all the way to 11 until your eardrums bleed because you never deserve to listen to good music again. Mine was good. Yours was better. Thank you, sir. (laughs) 
Uh, John has departed the room, so we're going to hang out for a second. But while we're hanging out... I scared I'd... him away. <laughs> I do want to uh, go ahead and plug some indie artists um, and potential future guests. I am going to plug a gentleman by the name of Lyle Kelch Jr. Lyle is a singer-songwriter who I believe is out of the Philadelphia area. I could be very wrong about that. But he is a songwriter himself. He is also attached to a couple different music projects. One is called Flannel, which is a grungy 90s revival. And another is called Fave Grohl, a tribute to Dave Grohl. <laughs> so uh, Lyle is a potential guest. I have reached out to him. I'm not going to promise that he's going to be on this show, but I have been in contact with him. He He's a good dude. So... We're happy to have him if you'd like to be on here. I am also going to plug Braille Cloud, Jacksonville Locals. They are a great math rock band. I just highly say check them out. Uh, Kerosene Heights is another one. They will be playing Fest again this year. And I also want to mention that we are in the market and looking at doing a live show. In Gainesville, the Thursday before Fest. Uh, if you are a person who is listening to this program and you have any ties to the Gainesville music scene and a venue that would secure a podcast plus probably about two or three bands, we'd love to hear from you because we are still searching for a venue to host. We have gotten some bites, but nothing permanent. Um, we do want to do a live recording of a band we will not mention until the day of which would be great. But we are hosting some friends that want to play that show. So not only do you get the podcast recording as I would say like a little warm up to the evening, you get some great music along with it. So and please get a live out. version of my rants. Yes. Yes. So you can watch him be nervous. And you can <laughs> see me facepalm myself every time they say something really weird. Yes. Yes, uh, which is, uh, I, I think I only counted like seven in this episode, so it wasn't that bad. Mozart was pretty bad, but this one wasn't too bad. <laughs> that has been our show. Uh, Kid Rock is a piece of <laughs> and he needs to go <laughs> himself. On behalf of Jay and John, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and do check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Mastodon account now. I don't know how to use it, so if anybody has any tips, please follow us and then give me some ideas. It seems like an, a Twitter alternative, but we can still post videos and pictures and things like that, so that's cool. Uh, we still have a TikTok. We're not sure if TikTok is getting banned yet. We're kind of up in the air about that, but we are still posting our promos as we normally would. Um, we're going to change it like nothing has changed. So... Continue to follow us on there, all the social medias. Reach out to us if you have a suggestion for a band. Reach out to us if you have a suggestion for an indie band that we should feature, either as a guest or just plug them on the show. Same if you are a mom and pop sort of business and you want us to plug you guys because we are happy to do so. On behalf of Jay and John, thank you so much for listening in. I have already said great day, so I will say good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, my ears! You... <laughs> <laughs> Parlay Radio is a journalistic, educational commentary podcast hosted by Jay Bain, John Coleman, and Devin Hughes. 
On the mention of bands and materials used, we are protected by fair use and copyright as we provide criticism and commentary through satirical means. We don't own the rights to any bands or stories mentioned, but we do have the rights to offer criticism and commentary. Incidental music is provided by Cloud Kicker and Creative Commons tracks in the public domain. If you have a band or suggestion for the show, you can find us on Facebook at Parlay Radio, on Instagram at Parlay Radio Podcast, or on TikTok at Parlay Radio. You may also email us at parlayradio at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our show if you enjoy what you hear. Thanks for listening.